0: There was a very sad story in the news recently about a 10-year-old girl's abortion that's being used for political purposes, and almost everybody's responding wrongly to the situation. So how should Christians respond? Welcome to The Conquering Truth. I'm Dan Horn. I'm Jonathan Sides. I'm Charles Churchill. And I'm Joshua Horn. CNN did a piece recently about a story of a 10-year-old girl, who she was raped when she was 9 and when she was 10 she had an abortion. They were definitely setting up the governor of South Dakota with this this hit piece, with this, this story to try to trap her. So why don't we watch the video?
1: The Indianapolis Star is reporting that a 10-year-old girl in Ohio who was six weeks and three days pregnant now has to travel across state lines to Indiana to receive an abortion. So. I just mm-hmm. because this is a trigger law that was passed before you became governor, I wanted you to be clear. Will the state of South Dakota going forward force a 10 year old in that
2: very same situation to have a baby? You know, what I think is incredible, Dana, in this tragic story, because I heard about this last night. What's incredible is that nobody's talking about the pervert, horrible, right. and deranged individual that raped a 10 year old. And what is it? What are we doing about that? I agree what with you. What are we you. doing about I mean, those of individuals? Of course, that, that's, that's, that is children. an important discussion you, to have.
1: But our bodies are our bodies and women are the ones who uh, who get pregnant. And in this case, it wasn't a woman. It was a girl. Should a she have to have a, a child?
2: A child. Should she have, to every have that baby? single life? Every single life is precious. That, this tragedy is horrific. I can't even imagine. I've never had anybody in my family or myself gone through anything like this. I can't even imagine. But in South Dakota... The law today is that the abortions are illegal except to save the life of and the mother. And you would be okay with that, and, a 10-year-old girl having to have a baby? No, I'm never okay with that. In fact, that story will keep me up at night. It absolutely so will. So would you try to I change the law, law mother. to have an I'm exception in a, a of grandmother. situation like this? I've got a, one, I've got a one-year-old little granddaughter mm-hmm. named Miss Addie. I can't even imagine. What I would say is I don't believe a tragic situation should be perpetuated by another tragedy. And so there's more that we've got to do to make sure that we really are living a life that says every life is precious, especially innocent lives that have been shattered like that 10-year-old girl.
1: Yeah. And, and it's incredibly complicated, and I, and I get it. But I guess my question is, given how heartbroken you seem to be about the situation, maybe the, the question is this, because what I keep thinking about is, how is a 10-year-old girl physically no probably can't even uh, carry a baby without being, never mind emotionally and mentally uh, sort of tormented, but
2: physically hurt. Would you consider that the life of a mother at risk? And I think that's something that, you know, that situation, uh, the doctor, the family, the individuals closest to that will make the decisions there for that family.
0: So there's many disturbing aspects to the story, including, you know, taking the girl across state lines. We will get to some of those other disturbing aspects later, but let's just start with what do you think of the governor's
3: response? I mean, when you think about the kinds of responses that people have to, well, what do you say about abortion? There's typically the, even on the pro-life side, there's the the unholy three exceptions of rape, incest, and to save the life of the mother, typically. And so you've got a case here that potentially fits two of those cases. Um, and, and it involves a 10-year-old to make it even more visceral. So to the governor's credit, she doesn't lean into that like a lot of Christians do. A lot of Christians right. kind of, you know— talk around it a little bit and get really sad and then they say, but you know, it is you know, we we do think that abortion is okay in cases of rape, incest, or the life of the mother. And the governor doesn't really go that way. But I would say, you know, when you think about her response, she really pulls back where she could be delivering some punches. Because if you look at the way that the reporter has framed the discussion where she says things like, Would you really force that girl to have a baby? right there that's where you need to pin the conversation because if you want to say that abortion is wrong in any circumstance ever for any reason then the reason that you're saying it is wrong is because abortion kills the life of a human being and you say that because human beings bear the image of God God says that they're you know you're not allowed to kill innocent human beings not allowed to kill human beings for your convenience. You're not allowed to kill human beings just because they're inconvenient in any case. And so if it's true in those cases that abortion is wrong for just casual reasons, then would it also apply here? And and what you notice, a really interesting shift, is the fact that the reporter can get away with saying that force her to have a baby. Right. Because, I I mean, I remember when I was a child, you know, going through my teen years, and and the discussion was all about, well, does abortion kill a baby? Is it really a baby? Or is it just a clump of cells? Is it just, you know, a blob of tissue? Is it really, you know, or, or maybe then you have the discussion if you're a little more sophisticated about personhood. It's a human, but it's not a person. We're way past that. We're to the point right now where the reporter is recognizing that what's involved here is a baby, but we're saying, do the circumstances, the horrible circumstances surround it, surrounding it justify the killing of that baby? And then in the broader the broader discussion, that's the only mention of the baby. Right. And that's where I would say the governor really missed a chance to say something, because she wants to talk about the rapists. She wants to talk about the 10-year-old. But the person who died is the most innocent person in this entire mess. Right. And they're the one who's paying for the sins of his or her father. Right.
0: I mean, one thing that, you know, you were to kind of go back to where you said a lot of things there, so to move back a bit where you were talking about a baby, I mean, one of the things, you look at New York's law, New York's law is written that if the mother decided to have an abortion and the baby is born during the abortion, that the doctor can kill the baby, right? I mean, that's the law. They can commit infanticide. That's fine. And so when you get to that point, that shows how far the abortion movement has gone to. We're not even making the argument that it's not a baby. Of course, it can be breathing. It can be living. But the mother wanted to kill it. The mother gets to kill it. And so you can't embrace the idea of murdering the child after it's born and not say it's a baby before it's born.
3: But yet, if you talked to the man or woman on the street and you changed this story just a little bit such that the 10-year-old girl had already had the baby, let's say the baby's a week old, and, and you imagine the reporter saying these same kinds of things to the governor, would you force that 10-year-old to raise a child— can you imagine the kinds of impact that's going to have on her life and her future and her potential and the opportunities that she's going to miss out on because she's being forced to be a mother? And the alternative is, oh, well, let's kill the baby. I think most people would recognize in that that is... Most people will recognize that what's really at stake there is you're killing a baby and that that puts the focus on that, whereas right now it's still clouded it's still being hidden but it is coming to the surface more than it used to
4: right changing the answer to say we're not going to allow you to kill the baby is, a, is as opposed to forcing her to have the child we're not going to let you kill the baby is a is, is a is a much better place to defend it's a it's it's the right place to to well,
0: put the infant. i mean the governor did say very clearly that it was two tragedies which is good Sure, because that's part of it is that you know, if as soon as you say it's a baby, then you have to say the murder by the abortionist is a tragedy. And so that was good that she did say that. But one of the things that was most dangerous that I heard her say is, you know, basically, she's pushed, well, does this fall into the exception of the life of the mother? And as soon as you take that exception, they people expand this. And that's where most of the people are going, including the Attorney General of Ohio, where they said, it's the life of the mother. They could have done the abortion in Ohio. They didn't need to leave.
5: Right. And even, you know, even when they're saying the life of the mother, where she's saying, which, you know, set aside the should there be that exception at all? Which, no. But, you know, set that aside. She says it's between the mother and the family and the doctor. Well, when you have parents who want to kill their children, you have doctors who want to kill children, you have to put in there there's oversight from the government to make sure that it's not a big fraud and that it's legitimate. And hey, so there's, that's
0: a a lot of, there's a lot of parents that want to kill their children and the government says no. Well,
5: it's one of the things I was
4: thinking of is there's just part of where I've known every single time that I've had sex with my wife that we could end up getting pregnant. And if we get pregnant, I have a lifelong commitment. I mean, I ha- this is a child that's my child. And, you know, I mean, just in your head, you go, 18 years. And so when they're saying, are you going to force this child to have this baby? No, we're not going to let her kill it. You know what I mean? No, right. we're, we're not going to let you kill it. We're not going to let a doctor kill it. We're not going to let someone pressure her to murder it. You know what I mean? And there's just this there's just this denial of the fact that p- women are the only people who have to, to— their bodies have to be given to these things. No, my body has to be given to my children and to my family. And that's what— and, That's my obligation by having them. And I can't give up that obligation, and someone can't tell me I'm free from it. You don't have the power to set me free from that.
5: I think, I mean, the reason why we we wanted to make this episode is because, you know, there were a lot of responses that were a lot worse than the governor of of South Dakota. Because a lot of – and this is something that we're going to be hearing about it for the next, you know, through the rest of the year and onward. This is the – I mean – I would see this as the big, you know, anti – well, pro-abortion story. This is this is the poster child. Here's why we need abortion. Um, and the response from a lot of people is, well, it's the life of the mother. She, the abortion should be done. But – and, you know – or then there's also the thing is, oh, well, this – which it's subsequently been debunked but this didn't really happen. Well, even if even if this instance didn't happen, these type of instances in, incidents do happen and it is something that has to be addressed and we can't address it by saying this didn't happen because it's clear that these things sadly happen.
0: Now to be fair to the reporter that broke this on PJ Media. I mean she had every reason to suspect that it didn't really happen. When you think about it, I even suspe- I would guess knowing the nature of of caitlin bernard who's the abortionist and how she refused to report statutory rape before and yeah she's been reported for it earlier and things that that chances are they could have done the abortion earlier, but they waited because they were looking towards Roe versus Wade. They were looking to make an example, would be my guess, that they used her as a political pawn. And so, talking about how destructive it is, because come on, it's like the timing of it is such that if they had to wait a few more days until a decision came out and make it not six weeks and three days, but six weeks or seven weeks, who's going to say anything? Right. And so, I think they were intentionally doing it because they wanted to hit the news cycle to try to make people have to go. So you're going to cause, you're going to force a ten year old to have a baby.
5: And, and, and you know the issue is when you say, oh, in the case of rape, it's fine. In the case, in this case, it's fine. Um, you you end up really compromising your entire argument because you're no longer saying that this is a life that has equal value to any other life. Now you're saying that you know, yeah, it's good to have babies, but if there's a good reason not to, then we can kill them.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, regardless of of what kind of conspiracies we might say are involved in the background, what's happening, what's in front of us in the news cycle really is an attempt at a reductio argument where it's saying, hey, here's the pro-life position that you think abortion's wrong. Well, what about this case? Let's throw something out there that just grabs you at your heartstrings and, you know, imagine your daughter was in this circumstance, what would you do? You know, and again, it's it's trying to say, okay, so if you're going to allow for an exception here, then what you've recognized is you don't actually have a principled stand against abortion. So maybe you're willing to allow for other exceptions. And it's just a way to chip away at any kind of pro-life principles.
0: And that's why, you know, the life of the mother— is very dangerous. I mean, the rape and incense, incest is difficult as well because a lot of times, I mean, most rapists don't get convicted. So it's a lot of times it's just, well, she said she was raped, so therefore, you know, you're allowed to kill the child. So that just, like, opens the door that anybody can choose to have their their baby murdered. and But the life of the mother especially is one that they're just trying to expand – and make it so even though the 10-year-old certainly can carry a baby to term many have it's not unusual i mean in certain parts of the world it's a lot lot more unusual than it is in the united states but it's not it's not unheard of i mean i think the record is like 5 years and 9 months or something like that as the youngest child that ever had the youngest woman we should say a woman because it's even the language is dangerous right i mean this is she was able to get pregnant she was at the point where her body, she was a woman. And we might say she was a very young woman, and she was a very young woman. But when we start to say she's a girl, we are putting her in a different class that her body didn't put her in. A girl can't have a child. And I think you have to, she could have a child. God had put her in the place where she was capable of having children.
5: And and you know, and you say full term, and it's not even full term. Because they can do, you know, early C sections if there's a risk, where you have, you know, you're halfway through the pregnancy, slightly over halfway through the pregnancy, and you have 99% chance of survival for the baby, and you know, it, it's it's more complicated, but it's very low risk. So, you know, even to say, oh, she can't go to nine months. Well, that that's not even on the table if it's if it's an actual dangerous situation. I mean, when you mentioned that, you know. You God had made it so she could have the baby. I mean, that's one thing that's really missing from this, from the national discussion is God's providence, that this is not, I mean, this is a horrible thing that happened that, you know, serious and involved, but God was in control of that. And even a lot of Christians don't acknowledge that God is in control of evil actions. So this wasn't some accident. This isn't some, you know, God, God. you know, how could he, how did he, could he stop this? But this is something that was part of his plan. And so when you start to look at it that way, well, you know, this young, very young person is pregnant. Well, that's not, you know, that, is that the way that God designed the world to work? Well, well, no, but it's part of his plan in a fallen world for this thing to happen and for people to be able to walk through that situation and not sin.
4: And in the, I mean, And I think what you said was God's providence is missing from this national discussion. God's providence is missing from pretty much every single national discussion that we have. I mean, you know what I mean? We, I the mean, I, I'm, cons- not, I'm not like, I'm saying in the end, the reason why we've gotten here is because we've removed God's providence from most of our discussions. You know what I mean? We've gotten to the point where we don't, it's not even part of our national, we, the, the church has given up the idea that God causes things to happen and we're not pushing it and we're not saying it and we're not actually, because in the end, what you're going to say is this is so horrible that it's okay if we go and do something that's absolutely horrible that God has said we must not do. I mean, and, and we're, act, we're just actively arguing to go in and do something terrible, something that we know is terrible. And so, I mean, I mean it's, it's really a bad place to be.
0: And I mean, even as you talk about this specific situation, though, this specific situation, right, it's not generally God's providence, although God's, you know, he decrees all things. But the Bible says he opens and closes the womb. So this is, like, direct where God said, I'm in control of this. God made her pregnant. That's what God decided. And so it's one of those things that, that this is what people are supposed to understand. There's a good reason why the society doesn't think that God opens and closes the womb. Because the church doesn't think God opens and closes the womb. They think they do. They think they should have control over birth. They think they should be able to say, this is when I get pregnant, this is when I don't get pregnant. The church widely holds that view. So how in the world do you explain to somebody like the news reporter that God opens and closes the womb when the church generally rejects that position entirely?
4: Right. The church believes in Planned Parenthood. Yeah, I mean, not, a, not necessarily in the Lowercase p,
3: lowercase p.
4: Right. But I mean, but in the end, when Planned Parenthood started— it wasn't abortions. They weren't. That was not. They weren't allowed to do abortions for a long time when they started, but they believed in you planning your family. They believed in plan in family planning.
0: And it was only a hundred years ago that it was illegal to use birth control. Right.
4: It was considered to be an. It was. It, was, as as it was an obscenity. I mean, it was, right. It was. It was considered yeah. to be an obscenity. And so I mean, and I think we've just yeah, we've completely gotten away with it. And there's a part of it where we talk, We did a previous episode on a on right after Roe versus Wade, where we talked about how that Roe versus Wade gave shield to a lot of politicians who could give lip service to this act. And the truth is, is it gave a shield to the church. And the church has been acting really hypocritical for a really long time. And now the church is going to come out and look at people and say, you have to let, you have to have, you know, you have to carry that baby because it's made in the image of God while the church does everything it can to avoid having more than two children. And, you know, maybe three. And I'm sorry, the church is about to become incredibly, incredibly, obviously hypocritical. And they've been hypocritical. I mean, we've been hypocritical, but it's going to become really sanctimonious.
0: And I mean, in you know, the decision, the Dobbs decision, which overturned Roe versus Wade, that's going to create real divisions and real problems for the people who want to walk this line that say they're pro-life because they're going to keep running into situations. They're going to keep getting pushed on situations like this and they don't have any answer. And the problem that that America lacks in his in its in its governing is we don't have any statesmen, we just have people that try to pander. We just have politicians that try to just get the most people to follow them that they can and not people who will say wait a second, this is this is the reality. This is what this is a baby. You can't murder the baby. I'm sorry that the mother's ten, but you can't. That's no excuse to murder the baby. Right,
4: God creates life.
0: But you see, very few politicians. Most of the politicians. I mean, her answer was better than most of the ones that I've heard. Most of them back off really quick. But even her, you can see that she was trying to dance around the landmines instead of going. No, in South Dakota, we don't think that you should murder your babies.
5: And you know, I mean, it's the 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 rape and incest one is one that's even i mean i think that's even easier than the you know the life of the mother because you know why would you even think that this would make the 10 year old's life better because you know she knows what's going on why do you think that her living her whole life with this guilt is going to be better than you know going through the months of pregnancy i mean why why would that be better for her
3: I mean, you you know, you say that and you're right, but you, you have to realize the way that we got here was by a massive collective suppression of guilt or an attempt to suppress guilt. Because that's the only way that you can kill however many millions of babies that we have is if you deny that there's any guilt associated with it. And so nobody's going to be—nobody on the left is going to be looking at that kind of situation. and wanting to bring up potential guilt potential regret that this 10 year old girl is going to be experiencing even people who've had abortions and are having to deal with the psychological fallout of that that nobody told them about
0: as a society we don't want to say this really affects the woman when she murders her child right you know especially in the case of rape and incest you look at it and you say okay so if she cried out the bible says she has no guilt she's not She's not chargeable with any offense. She doesn't need to go through her life suffering guilt because she was raped. But if she then turns around and murders her child, she will suffer guilt because she murdered her child. So what you're doing is you're taking this young girl from a situation where she wasn't guilty of a capital crime and make her of guilty. anything. Right. I mean, I just meant in terms of she's a right. sinner, but she didn't do like some terrible sin. She didn't commit... Adultery. She didn't commit fornication. What she did was she was raped. And now all of a sudden, you're acting like sin doesn't matter. But what produces guilt is sin. And so the so many people struggle with rape. But how many of them are struggling with rape versus the murder of their child because they were raped and things like that? I spent some time today trying to chase down the Ohio law because it's actually very difficult to find because they have all these laws that like overlap one another and but. It ends up that I'm pretty sure that this is the right statement of when you're allowed to do an abortion in the case of uh, uh, the life of the mother. Medical emergency is what it's defined as in the abortion statute. Medical emergency means a condition that in the physician's good faith medical judgment based upon the facts known to the physician at that time. So complicates the woman's pregnancy so as to necessitate the immediate performance or inducement of an abortion in order to prevent the death of the pregnant woman or to avoid a serious risk of substantial and irreversible impairment of a major bodily function of the pregnant woman that delay in the performance or inducement of the abortion would create. This is really broad because in the end it says, in the physician's good faith medical judgment, which means by default the position is, is that the physician is right you have to prove that he didn't really think that that it really wasn't a good faith medical judgment and so the burden of proof to not to say that this abortion was illegal the burden of proof is on the state to show that he wasn't doing this in good faith medical judgment
4: now the rest of the law the the description of the things there if there was actually being taken literally the rest of the law i mean that's actually fairly narrow if the if the if the doctor was actually using what you would consider to be good faith medical judgment.
0: Typically what can happen if a child is that young, because there are nations where ten year olds it's not that infrequent that they get pregnant. And typically what happens is there's some tearing and linings and they can get some they can get things mixed in that shouldn't be mixed together. And so it usually heals after about three months if it's treated. If it's not treated it can become fatal, but if it's treated it you know, there's tearing in places where there shouldn't be tearing, essentially. And so it doesn't create any permanent, irreversible impairment. I mean, there's very little evidence of that. And again, there's plenty of countries in the world where it's not uncommon. I don't mean that it's like a huge number. You but mean it's like still... Nigeria? You mean like Guatemala? You mean... I, mean, I don't some... know the Guatemala, but Nigeria, I know that there's 10-year-olds that get pregnant in Nigeria. I know that, I mean, there are reputable studies about this of those countries. Because what they're really pushing for is, you know, in most of those countries, they're not pushing for abortion. What they're really pushing for is, if you're a 10-year-old and you have a baby, you need to get medical treatment. Because frequently enough, there's internal stitching that needs to be done so that you seal off things that should be sealed off. Right. But that's effectively the major thing. But yet the Ohio Attorney General comes out and says, based on this, why did she leave Ohio? A doctor and, if the gen- and if the attorney general,
4: and if the surgeon general or the is it the surgeon general or the attorney general the attorney general the attorney general said this,
0: but the okay. attorney general is the attorney one who interprets the law. This,
4: then he's opened the door for he's basically told doctors, hey, I would expect you to interpret. I would ex- no one's going to come after you if you say that we had to do an abortion just because of her age.
0: And he's a conservative Republican, right? And saying I don't know why she went to Indiana. Essentially, we would
4: have killed the baby here.
0: Yeah. Because and so these exceptions, they can be interpreted in such a way and treated in such a way that they become pretty broad.
5: The one good thing about it is if the attorney general says that, you know, the next attorney general might not say that. And so the doctors may still not do it because if they know it's what the actual law limitation. says, if they know what the actual law says, then they know that they have so many years, you know, they might not want to risk prison for that.
3: And you have to recognize that there's a huge there's a huge gap between the facts of a higher risk pregnancy. Then even with the language of of this law that you you know you point out, hey, it's got broad parts in it. It's got it's open to interpretation where it shouldn't be, where it should be tighter. But but this isn't talking about potentials. This isn't talking about right. risks. This is talking about immediate performance or inducement is necessary now it yes it's the doctor's judgment but it's you know the thrust of the law is something must be done right now not hey this person might have complications this person is in a high risk category because she's 10 years old it's not talking about that so
0: and one of the most broad ones when Con, you know, conservatives write these laws a lot of times they write them in such a way that you can say well her mental state is a major bodily function it will be a substantial effect on it once she has that child it can never be overcome it's irreversible so therefore for her mental state i'll say that it that it's okay and one thing it's not in this section of the law but in another section of ohio state law they are very clear that abortion, that when we're saying medical emergency, it uses a different term there, but when we're saying for the life of the mother, we do not mean mental life. Hmm. And so that's one thing that, you know, you write this and you read this and you think, okay, that's not bad, but a state can pass this and then doctors can go, well, this is going to affect her mind for the rest of her life, so we're going to kill the baby. And so just on these laws, when you start to make these exceptions, it runs really quick.
4: And it's not hard to find studies that look at women who've had abortions when they were younger or abortions to see that these things – having the abortion is much more likely to affect them later in their life than realize – I mean, the difference between somebody telling you, hey, you did something selfless and, hey, realizing later that you murdered something or that someone took someone and murdered a child that you – I mean, those are two very, very, very different things. I mean, those are – fundamentally different things and the view that a person can have and the the mental defenses that you have to build up in your head to be okay with what happened we're teaching women to become hard and cold and jaded and we're doing it with with zeal
0: and i just want to go back that the church for the last hundred years or so has taught that women shouldn't really want children at least for the last since the 60s they have taught that Women shouldn't really want children. And you look there, and you read Hannah, and you read Rachel, and you—I mean, you read the, the Bible, and that's not the attitude of women. But as a society, we have decided that we should retrain women to think that children are a curse rather than a blessing.
3: I mean, cover to cover. You can read your Bible, and barrenness is a curse. It is a sign of God's displeasure. Especially in Deuteronomy 28, right? You disobey my law, you'll be barren. (laughs) Or it's interpreted as a sign of God's displeasure. Um, And fruitfulness is a sign of God's blessing over and over and over and over. You can't find counterexamples in Scripture to that.
0: Right. I mean, especially since it's like in Deuteronomy 28, it's didactic teaching. You don't obey my laws. This is what the result will be.
5: And you know going back to you know you have this you know guilt from abortion versus you know the guilt of of rape and you know cuz I mean that is real and it's something that the sin done to her you know will have consequences through her life um but with you know with the with the consequences of the rape the you're pointing her back to the truth and saying you know nothing you know it it wasn't something that you know you're that you are to blame for versus the abortion well you know, you know, for a ten-year-old, it maybe you know she's going to have not as much decision-making power potentially. Right. But, but you know, she
0: still has to willfully agree, right? So but, she but has say, some, she right? Has but, some. But,
5: but for you know the normal case, um, you know, there it's like no, you committed a, a serious crime, and while there is forgiveness in that, it's not just pointing back to say you no, know, the rea- look of reality, but here it's look at reality, and it's really bad, and you need you need forgiveness for that.
4: I mean we've talked about in multiple episodes about the idea of what scripture talks about strongholds. And there's this part of it, I mean, when you're talk when you're talking about these things, when you're talking about someone very young having a child and you hear the rhetoric, it's very easy to feel to get pulled into the rhetoric. And that is an example of a stronghold. I mean, you should just really be aware when you know what is right and someone is able to use circumstances to make you feel this strong pressure. To go against what you know is right, it's the, it's 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 an example of someone has over time has built up a way of thinking, so that you so that it's just this it's this flow it's like this river that's just and they've and over time they've directed everything in this direction so that when you step into that area your mind wants to go in the way they want it to go and that is the picture of a stronghold and I think we just really need to be aware that this is what the church is supposed to tear down you're supposed to tear it down because if you tear it down there will be a point where the pressure is on other people to go okay this horrible thing has happened how do we make sure these things don't happen again how do we prevent this type of thing from happening how do we make it so this girl has you know that we comfort her as much as we can and we you know what i mean that would be that would be the natural that would be the natural thing to say not so how can we set this up so we can kill that baby and and that's a stronghold and in, the, in our nation and just understand
0: that that those patterns, those grooves, if you will, that we as a nation run in. I mean that's that's Roe versus Wade, right. There are some people that had horrific abortion procedures because they were so zealous to kill their children that they they had physical problems because of it. And then the answer is so therefore we should get everybody to kill their babies. That was really, as a country, and let's not blame it on the Supreme Court, the country's responsible, the country chose to say, let's groove this path because there are some people that are going in a difficult situation. And that's exactly what they're trying to do with this young girl. They're saying, because this young girl's in that situation, let's make it easy for everybody.
4: And if you do this, the truth is, is you, you don't get to address the fact, which we're going to start talking about something, we're going to get to those specific issues, of why is it that this girl ended up getting pregnant? and why do these things happen and w- because in the end what much of this is about is we want to keep do- we want to have our emphasis on the simple things that we want that lead to these that lead to these situations we want to cover them up we want to hide them we don't want to have
0: to see it we don't want to have to deal with it in the united states we look at age of consent and hey i i understand the reason for age of consent laws but part of the problem with age of consent laws or probably the issue with age of consent laws is what we've done is we've removed the jurisdiction from the father and the responsibility from the father and made the state decide when the girl would be ready for marriage. And this has not historically been the place where it's put, but now pretty much most countries have a you know age of consent. And so when we look at 10-year-old and we go, that's horrible, we also have to recognize the Scripture actually doesn't have any age limits. It never says it anywhere about this is when a woman can get married. It never says. And so we want to put age limits in and go, age limits are are just what you have to have. But to some extent, those are laws that were added because of transgression, because the fathers are failing to, to raise their children. They're failing to protect their children. They're failing to do all these things. So in response to that, you go, you know we're going to have an age of consent law that doesn't get enforced in the cases where it's most needed in a lot of cases
5: right. and and to be clear the we're not saying 10 year old should be getting married no i mean but you know that but the question is what's the way that scripture orients its laws uh, and it's in different categories
4: to whom is the authority given and to who who is supposed right. to actually safeguard those things
5: right
3: when you think about what happened just in that some of the reactions immediately after this story broke, where you had conservative media and and Republican lawmakers who were saying, oh, no, this is all hoax, this didn't happen, you, you recognize all of a sudden that this story does hit a weak spot on the right because there's a way you can say— Here's what you do in that circumstance. That's what we're trying to do in this podcast, to say, no, God governs this too. And and instead of being, oh, there's no way that this thing's true. The reason that you say that there's no way that this thing's true is because you don't want to have to deal with the fact of, what if it is true? Because right. this story is a problem for you. The left knows that it's a problem for you. The left knows that, they, that their reductive is going to work in this kind of circumstance, let's get a, a 10-year-old who's pregnant by rape and put her in front of you. What's you going to do about that, Mr. Politician? Right. And Mr. Politician doesn't know what he's going to do.
4: Right. He doesn't like any of the answers that he might have to None of the that
3: answers that he would have to go on the record for work out really well for his reelection cycle.
0: The pushing on the story, though, it was interesting that then all of a sudden— you know, even the attorney general of Ohio is saying, oh, this didn't happen, you know, all these people. And then all of a sudden, you know, a man's arrested for it because it did force things into the light, even though clearly when she started reporting it, her position was it probably didn't happen. They're probably lying. And there were lies involved that were serious lies. But, you know, when the CNN reporter is talking to the governor and says, well, of course, we should deal with that. The reality is nobody wanted to have that conversation about who raped the girl. Nobody had, wanted to have the conversation about why didn't the, why didn't the police do anything? Why hasn't the person been arrested? You know, the reality is for all her stating, you know, we should have that conversation. That's a really important, I think that's, I, if I remember correctly, that's the quote. We, that's a really important conversation to have. Nobody wanted to have that conversation until the conservative media went, this is all a hoax.
3: You know, it's. It's almost like this tactic was tried before in the Bible where a group of religious leaders bring a woman to Jesus and say, "This woman was caught in the very act of sin. Mm-hmm. What should we do with her? You know, and they're they're what they're doing is they're trying to frame the debate, they're trying to tug on the heartstrings a little bit. We've caught her without talking about, well, if you caught her in the very act, where's the other person who was caught in the act? The man, why isn't he here? what are you know so it's it's very much trying to skew things. And Jesus, tactically, is trying to do what we're recommending here is don't take the bait. Right. The story that's being told to you is being framed in a way that is leaving out key facts, trying to divert you, and you just have to recognize that you're being manipulated.
0: And to be, you know, to give Governor Nome credit, I mean, she did immediately come back with that, which— <laughs> meant that she thought about it before, too, because it's really easy in those circumstances to take the bait. So when she says, I heard about it the night before, she knew she was going to get blindsided by it, so she was prepared.
4: I know some of the details of the case, but what are the specific details in this, in this particular instance?
0: So, in, and this is one of those things that, having been involved with certain situations like this, um, typically what the police do is immediately remove the man from the household. But in this case, the man was still living with the mother and the daughter. The man who raped the girl and the mother were from Guatemala. Okay. I, I'm not sure about the daughter. My guess is the daughter was born here. I think they've been illegals in the U.S. for a while. Okay. But none of them or the two of them were not here legally. Okay. And so what's really weird is he gets arrested from the home where he's staying where he had raped this girl. I mean, in my experience, that's not what the police do. That's just really bizarre. Since June 27th, they knew it. I think they even had a confession. And they wait until July 14th or something before they arrest him, and they leave him in the house for those three weeks so he still has access to rape. That is not typical police procedure. Typical police procedure is in the situation. The first thing they say is the man needs to leave the house immediately.
5: And I mean as many things bad that cps does it also seems like cps should be involved as well i mean
0: <laughs> and that's what they usually go they go or oh, you got to get him out or do we take the girl out because we're not going to leave the two i mean of them typically here.
4: right what happens is, is if there's a right if the police become aware of it the police like i said in the case of a, a man who's not a, who is an adult he would be he would be arrested and taken I and mean, he would you know he would be Brought into jail, processed, and like I said, he would not be allowed back into the home. He might be held. Sometimes he might be held without bail, depending on what's going on in the case. And there's an immediate a
0: 27 raping a 27 year old raping a 10 year old until there was all this cashless bail stuff. They would typically be held. I mean, that's right. a that's a huge difference. A CPS difference visit in age. Visit would immediately
4: begin reordered be for the home. That the CPS that you know the I mean yeah those things are absolutely they are scheduled and they're t- and they're tied very tightly into. The system as to how they get you know how they get dispatched
0: they're talking about oh we should deal with the rapist but the reality is is even this woman has a history the woman that did the abortion has a history of not dealing with rapists has a history of not reporting underage girls that she does abortions for that you know reporting that they were raped or that it was incest because that's at that age obviously it's going to be one or the other and so when they're talking about let's stop the rape, the reality is people need to understand Planned Parenthood does not want to stop the rape. They right. never have. They've had a long history of it. Alliance Defending Freedom did a study and there. You know, they came up with, they found like in 13 different states, they found cases where Planned Parenthood knew that a young girl had been raped. They didn't report it. And understand this is a felony. They're all mandatory reporters. And even in this case, the woman reported it but she didn't report it saying it was a 27 year old raping a 10 year old she said it was a 17 year old raping a 10 year old well the law actually works a lot different when it's a 17 year old raping a 10 year old because they they think there's more consent there and that's the way that it works if it's 27 they'd work a lot faster to arrest the guy
4: you'd still typically get a cps visit <laughs>
0: yeah you'd still get a cps visit i'm not yeah yep. i'm not saying any against any of that but what i am saying is that that you know in this case she also knows i mean 17 year olds they're a lot less like the police are a lot less likely to do it this was also the the doctor that referred her to this doctor that that murdered her baby that that doctor's a mandatory reporter the mother's a mandatory reporter all these people knew and nobody's getting charged with felonies these are felonies why aren't they charging all these other people for having failed to protect this girl
4: which means they're failing to protect other girls.
0: Which, mean, which means absolutely very, I mean, yeah, they're I mean, failing just, to protect. You know it right off. And I'm not sure how much of it's because the two were illegal, because I believe that they were in Columbus, and I think Columbus is a sanctuary city. And so I don't know how much of it's that they're illegal, so that they don't want to do anything, because then he, they would have gotten deported. You know, it ties into all these other things. But, but the, the one way thing everybody it was, was really
4: eager to do was, Can was we to kill, kill, this kill the baby? baby.
5: Right. I mean, that's the quote unquote rationale you would presume as to why why would an abortion doctor not want to not want to refer people to the police well because then people who have you know you know rape victims are not going to take them in for abortions and they think it's so important to kill the baby that we don't want to risk people not coming in to get the abortion by having them be prosecuted
0: but the way it works you can't hide it anyway it's a baby it's really hard to hide you know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> well,
5: well what, what do you mean?
0: I mean, that if you say, well, I, let's say incest in particular, say that, that the girl becomes pregnant by her father, he has two choices either she carries it to term or she murders the baby, right? Well, if she carries it to term, at some point, somebody's going to go, somebody either raped her or committed incest with her. You can't hide it. And so the reality is is that what they're facilitating is the hiding of rape and incest. And what that means is that you get a lot more rape and incest, because if you don't punish it, you get a lot more of it for cases where the girls don't get pregnant. So by not reporting, because a lot of the cases where these are found out are because of abortions or because they go to the doctor because they're pregnant – this is the most common way to find somebody who's committing incest, the most common way to find somebody who's doing statutory rape. And so when they refuse to report it, we have to understand that not only do they want to murder you know, children, they love blood and the shedding of blood. They also love rape. They also love incest. So they keep going, but what about these exceptions? But the abortion providers, most of them, have a history of not reporting these things, which are how you arrest most people who commit rape right. and incest, statutory rape and incest. And so, you know, they keep saying they care about women. One thing that is absolutely clear is they have no care for women whatsoever. They don't care if they get raped. And unfortunately, the politicians, they run at this story going, oh, no, we don't know what to do. The Life of the mother. She should have gotten an abortion instead of going... You really despise women, don't you? You want them to be raped, because that's the reality. They don't want to report it because it might be just practical. I mean, they're also very greedy people, typically. And so it might just be out of money they don't want to do it because it would hurt their business. Right. But it shows they have no care for the women whatsoever. In Indiana, you have to report every abortion that you do. And so then they can do an audit to cross-check so the abortion providers actually have to you know provide the information because otherwise they get caught and so indiana right to life these are all public records so they went through and they examined all the public records and here's what they found 48 consumer complaints have been filed against nine indiana abortion doctors who have allegedly failed to follow the legal reporting requirements to protect young children from sex abuse the doctors are jeffrey glazer caitlin bernard caitlin bernard's the one who murdered the 10-year-old child, uh, Cassandra Cashman, Carol Dellinger, Mandy Gittler, Kathleen Glover, Martin Haskell, Rosad Pasak, and Sarah Turner. They are employed at all licensed Indiana abortion facilities, Women's Med Center in Indianapolis, Clinic for Women in Indianapolis, and Planned Parenthood in Indianapolis, Lafayette, Bloomington, and Merrillville. Some of the girls under 16 years old who had abortions that weren't reported to DCS were as young as 12 and 13. The alleged 48 instances of failure to report occurred since July 1st, 2017. The 48 consumer complaints have been filed with the Indiana Attorney General Curtis Hill and the Indiana State Department of Health. So they went and matched the records of, you know, DHS reports or no, DCS reports and the, the reported of abortion, and they found 48 cases in about a year where they had not protected girls as young as 12 and 13. Don't think the abortion providers care about girls at all. Care about women at all. They do not. They despise them. That's why they love to murder them. And again, this specific doctor has the the history. It's not just generally. She has the history. Right. So when they found out that it was reported that the girl was or that the the rapist was, you know, 17 rather than 27, I'm sure she could go, "Oh, I just must have made a mistake. I wrote it down wrong."
4: i mean there's a part of me that's wondering why do we think that they report every abortion that they do and i'm sure there's some aspect of there will some things that will regulate that but in the end i mean it you know i mean it, it's, you do it
0: for cash instead of credit card and all of a sudden it's hard to track really hard
4: to track because in the end so they, yeah. they dispose of their own waste they just i mean how do you nobody's going in and counting arms and legs and you know what i mean it's it's right. it's not at that it's not at that level i mean you think about it at that level this is it's a and really this was enough still for them to be caught 48 times industry. right
0: and every single abortion clinic in indiana had done it so here's what happened so tell them obviously they're from guatemala so they speak spanish so Telemundo, the the spanish station goes to the room and asks or, or knocks on the door and at this point he's already confessed to having sexual intercourse with her twice the mother knows this and you know the reporter asks a question about the girl. And the mother's response is, she's fine. Everything they are saying against him is a lie. Now that sounds minor, but she knows that he's the father. And what you have to understand is, I've been in, dealt with this situation before. And the people will go, it wasn't rape, because she was okay with it. And... You know, they separate it. So my expectation, because she knows all the facts, she knows who the father is. But he continued to live there after he had done it, after she was pregnant, after they knew all these things. And so I think the right answer is she's going, no, she was okay with it, it's fine. And we hear and we go, a 10-year-old having sexual relationships, how horrible. But if you go to a place like Nigeria... It would be uncommon, but not unheard of. You go to any Muslim place, right? Muhammad had a nine-year-old wife that he had consummated the marriage with. And so there's lots of places in the world that wouldn't go a 10-year-old, that's weird. They would go, it's a lie, he didn't rape her. And that's what I suspect the mother is doing. She knew who the father was well before this.
4: It frames this real problem for kind of the way that we've been the way that we've been told we should properly think about other cultures. So do you say that we have to embrace their culture and that it's okay for him to, if, she, if the mother says it's okay and the daughter consented, that it's okay for him to do it so we can't say that's rape? Or are we allowed to have a culture where we say we don't, you know, like you said, there's the, there's, there are, we do have age of consent laws and we've established age of consent laws. So do we say we're not going to follow our laws if you're from another culture? I mean,
0: And I mean, just to like I know in Nigeria, I don't know in Guatemala, in Guatemala, the age of consent is 18. But I know in Nigeria how it works. I believe in Nigeria, the age of consent is 17 on the law. But you're considered innocent until proven guilty. So if you have relations with a girl and the girl doesn't say I was raped, you're considered innocent, even though the age of consent law is there like in the United States you basically go she doesn't need to testify
4: right it's statutory and, rape
0: in by law they have statutory rape but not by practice right because the way they interpret their laws they basically eliminate statutory rape and like with the stuff we were doing with with voice of the martyrs and exposing that i mean i'm very familiar with how this works in nigeria because it's just really hard to do statutory rape because it's on the books, but it's not really enforced. I don't know if that's true in Guatemala, but, I mean, they didn't seem to think anything odd about having a 10-year-old that was having sexual intercourse.
4: And it's a pretty small sample set, so we shouldn't really—we yeah. shouldn't say anything about the—
0: And it could be just certain parts
4: of Guatemala and everything right. else.
0: But, but what we can say in general is there are definitely cultures, which would be any Muslim-majority nation— There's cultures like Nigeria where these things would be potentially looked down upon, but not criminalized.
5: And, you know, you look at the influence that Christianity has had on, you know, America and other, you know, parts of what was once Christendom. And you see a lot of, you know, good things that have come from that that's reflected in the law where, you know, we have things, you know, and in the society's perception of things that, you know, you can't go marry a 10 year old, you know, that's, Illegal, all these different things. But then, and versus other places, and then Niger- you know, and add to that in Nigeria, you know, even if it was illegal, you know, depending on how much money you have to pay the judge, it's suddenly totally not illegal anymore. Um, but, but you know, in the United States, we have this respect for the law. We have these laws that we've had, you know, for a long time that were put in place to constrain evil. Um, but then, you know, now you see how they're eroding, and you know, where you have you know laws like the ones we've talked about here where there are laws put in place that if you're if you see these things if you know that these things happen you have to report to the to the police those aren't being enforced um you and you have you know where there are states that have laws against abortion that people say well we're just not going to follow we're not going to enforce those laws you know the 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 attorneys aren't going to aren't going to prosecute people for that and you just see how you know because of this love of death these things that you know christianity brought to the country to protect people are are being eroded
0: and even like the reason nigeria has a you know an age of consent law is because they're trying to be like western nations right i mean even if they don't enforce it uh, most of their laws are because they're trying to be like western nations, or
5: because the 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 evil colonizers came and and made that law depending on how old the law is
0: yeah depending on yeah there's definitely some of that I mean, one thing that we have to, you know, talking about cultural differences is we have to recognize that we're embracing these in our society, right? Our society says, you know, oh, yeah, one culture is not, you know, different than another. But the situations I've been in, it's been white Americans. And the police are really quick to take the young man out of the home. Like immediately. He cannot spend another night there. My guess is, is if you have a middle-class or upper-class white that did the same thing in Columbus, Ohio, they would do the same thing. We are What's the same thing? Force the young they, they man out of the, out of the house. house. Okay, I just want to be clear. But with yet them. in this case, you have a 27-year-old that stays there for weeks. We need to recognize that as a nation, we're developing multiple laws. Because we may all sit back and go, hey, you know, cultural differences, obviously their culture is inferior. But there's a lot of people that are governing that actually buy the rhetoric that says one culture is not inferior or superior to another, and so they judge you based on your culture, and we're getting different sets of laws, and that's a really dangerous thing, and you know, and this has been going on for a long time. I mean, I've seen this with child protective services that there's different laws that they'll treat different people differently. That they'll come after people that, were if the, you know, if whites were doing the same thing, they'd take the children. But if, if Hispanics are doing it, they don't. I mean, I've watched this happen. And so we just need to recognize that this is just a sign of what's happening in our culture. We say that one culture is not superior to another, and most Americans think that we're practicing that, but we're not. If you're a Muslim, you have different rules. If you're a Guatemalan, if you're an illegal, probably more specifically, there's different rules. If and they go through and they do this, and it really is damaging because it sets different standards for different people. And God's really clear; there has to be it's, one and sometimes law. Sometimes the different
4: rules is to treat them worse because of those things. I mean, and so, you know, I mean they treated
0: the girl worse. They treated worse. the man, you could say better. I'm not sure that that's true because stopping right. him would still be better. But they, they. They're treating them in very different sets of laws and different treatment. And that's that should be very concerning. Right.
4: I mean, one of the things we've talked about with Scripture is that in this concept of justice is there should be no partiality. There should be one law. And partiality is a big deal with God. Partiality is something that Scripture talks about over
0: and over and over. And I just think that, that we're seeing some of this, and you see it with— when you start to have illegals and people go, oh, the worst thing that can happen to us is deport him. So we should just maybe just leave him there with and he can continue to rape because, hey, we scared him. Right.
4: I mean, one of the things I want to go back to was and, I, and my goal here isn't to beat up Governor Nome, but I do want to go back to where we were talking about strongholds and how there are these there's this flow of thought that pushes you in a specific direction as we've went through here i mean there were things that governor nome could have gone to that would have been really good answers to say killing the girl killing the baby would actually be evil to everyone involved we don't think about the fact that killing the baby hides the sin right and we want to and so if if what what the reporter is suggesting is if it was done the way she wanted it no one would have ever known about the guy no one would have ever known about that case. There would be other people who would begin to continue in the practice of hiding these things. And so there's this part of it where there really are good answers to go, wait a minute, these things all have to be dealt with, and let's stop pretending like we don't have to deal with them. And my point, like I said, my point very specifically isn't to go, Nome should have had a better answer. It's we all should have better answers. And we should recognize that part of the reason we don't is because we've let our minds be conformed to the world. Our minds have been conformed to the thinking of the world, and so our, our knee-jerk thoughts are to just go into that flow and to abandon all the godly thoughts, to abandon all the things that scripture says, to abandon all these things that actually cause real justice to happen.
3: Earlier you were saying some pretty rough things about the, how these abortionists love rape. I mean, you're not going to ever pin one of them down who's going to right. hold their hand up and say oh yeah i love rape just not going to happen but but what you're saying is you you have to you have to read things to the end you've got to take things you've got to draw out the conclusions and you have to say look there are people out there who kill babies for money and then there's documents there's documentation all over the case every time anybody's looked at it They can find out, oh, they actually cover up cases where the law requires them to report certain sexual activity, and they don't do it. And meanwhile, the people out there who start the whole process, get the girl in the position that she's in, are the ones who are going off scot-free, and their sins are being covered up. Instead of, hey, there's a child out here now. Who's the father? How did this child come to be? that's got to be answered. But we don't want to answer that question. We don't want to ask that question. We'd rather kill the baby than be faced with the questions that that baby raised. The
0: Bible says, do not answer a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him. And we see this so often when you have a difficult situation like this, where people are intentionally trying to frame the conversation so that you answer in a particular way. In so many ways, there were more important issues here, but people didn't want to talk about that. They just wanted to talk about how how can we either make up a reason why we can kill the baby, or do we say, no, we have to not kill the baby. We need to have the broader conversation about what the things that really we should be doing as a society. And what we do instead is we get so fixated, and not that abortion shouldn't be stopped, it's an evil practice, but it's just like Capone, and we ended up putting him in prison through tax evasion. What we should do is start to go after these abortionists, because so many of them intentionally cover mandatory reporting. They intentionally hide the fact that these girls that they're killing their baby are have been raped, have had incest, incest practiced on them. And so... So often it would be easier to deal with those issues, and instead we just go, well, this is a conversation we should have that we never get around to. We end up answering a fool according to his folly, and we become like him. The church needs to learn to do better. Thanks for joining us. This has been The
4: Conquering Truth, a project of Reformation Baptist Church. If you found this helpful, you can visit us online at theconqueringtruth.com and subscribe here or in your
0: favorite podcast app.